last Wednesday, I got to go on one of these walks and hear some of the stories of the ghosts residing around us and how they came to be in their current state. We have newspaper clippings from like the 80s and 90s of faculty that are dressed up that are going to lead the walk. That's senior Jackson Garrison, the treasurer for FESA. This was his last and final ghost walk. We talked to him to get some further details about this annual tradition. It's my last ghost walk. It's my fourth ghost walk I've been on, and it's probably one of the uh, smoother ones that we've been on, so it's pretty great. Do you specifically know how many people came? In all, including those that got free admission, either because they were children, they were dogs, or they were press, we had about 80 people. So we set off into the night, lanterns being carried by some of the leaders helped to light the way. Lanterns are actually a big part of the tour. It's not that, you know, we use flashlights. We use lanterns because they just kind of give you a special little feeling. The orange streetlights casted spooky shadows as we reached our first destination. Senior Joel Chapman leading the group sounded his trumpet, and a hush fell over the crowd as we were ready to hear the haunting tales around IU. to the Folklore and Ethnomusicology Student Association's 2016 Ghost Walk. In the 1970s, there was a doctor performing illegal abortions on campus. He had to hide the evidence somehow, and according to legend, he would hide the evidence in the walls and under the floorboards. Eventually, the police found out about the doctor, and he was arrested. Though upon his release, the doctor hung himself in what is now the Career Development Center. At one point, it was a sorority house, and people have reported feeling strange presences on the stairs. They, like, uh, get knocked over on the stairs, or they feel, as the story goes, tiny, cold limbs on their shoulders. From 1906 to 1912, the IU Auditorium was being built. In the original plan, there were going to be skylights put in. One day there was a construction worker working high up on some scaffolding over the stage. Back in about 1912 or so, you know, air travel was very novel. And today, to see an airplane fly overhead is no big deal. But in 1906, 1912, if you see an airplane going overhead, you're going to look at it. As the man watched the airplane above, he began to lose his balance. A toolbox was dropped and startled the man and... And fell to his death on the auditorium stage floor. The mess left a blood stain that they were unable to remove, so they replaced the floor. But the stain still seeps through. The stain is... It's visible during especially emotional or tragic performances that take place on the stage. was about a lady in black. Dressed from head to toe in black Victorian clothing, the woman in black, some say, may not be human, because as she turns away, she makes an eerie gurgling sound. And she would be seen along Indiana Avenue and 3rd Street. Now, this woman would follow students as they left the library or as they went home. One story reported that a man was, go- was returning home from the movies, and he, fe- he saw this woman coming after him. 
Have there been any more sightings of the lady? I am not aware that there have been any specifically of the lady in black. However, it seems that that position has recently been filled by clowns. And so, you know, while it might not be the lady in black, you know, there's still these strange occurrences that take the same forms. All right, our next stop, we are headed to the IMU, right across the way. So, follow me. One of the creepiest stories, I think, that we didn't actually get to do this tour was the story of La Casa. Before La Casa was a Latino cultural center, it was a house run by a woman. The house was open to borders. She passed away, of course, and it became La Casa. The rumor is that she's still there checking up on people because she's in charge of hospitality around there and making sure that they're welcome. And so if I can remember correctly, one of the things that is most common about her activities is that she'll say the names of staff members repeatedly. Multiple staff members have reported that. I always think that that's probably the most the most eerie stories because it's told by somebody that it happened to. A lot of the other stories that we'll hear on the Ghost Walk are related secondhand that we've got in a repository of, of ghost stories, but the La Casa stories, we have people from La Casa there that come out and talk to us about it. So th- that always makes it like extra level spooky. Why do you think people are just curious about okay, folklore? Yeah. Why is there this draw to ghost stories? When I studied Irish folklore last semester, it became extremely apparent that people use the supernatural to explain things that they can't be comfortable explaining in any other way in their environment. People seem to take comfort in strange things, and you know it makes them feel better for whatever reason, and it has ever since humans told stories to explain things that they can't comprehend otherwise. Student Radio in Bloomington. I'm Maggie. And I'm Noni.